we want to continue in the, in the thought of we are stewards. Everybody say, we are stewards. Listen, um, living in Christian community is difficult. Living in Christian community is difficult. It is strenuous. It is nerve-wracking at times. Uh, sometimes it's even problematic because you literally have to live honest. <laughs> Genuine Christian, Christian community uh, is only achieved when the people of God live in honesty with one another. Notice I didn't say live in perfection. But we live in honesty. We allow the light of Christ to shine on us all. And in the light of Christ, we are able to see one another for who we really are. Now, the sad reality in church today is that many of us have become so... Uh, we've become so innate at developing veneers for ourselves and, and, and putting on shells and wearing masks and all, all, all type of costumes so that the true us is not seen. We've even mastered how to sound blessed. We've, ma we've mastered how to cover up our shame and our sorrow and our heaviness. And we've learned, here it is, we, we, we've become so good at carrying our weight that we can skip with it in our pockets. We've, be we've, become, we've become so good at hiding in the church hiding in Christian community that we can be cut and hold our bleeding in until we get home. But that doesn't support the real goal that Christ has for his church. We got to be okay with each other's blood. We got to be okay with each other's scars. We got to be okay with each other's proclivities and propensities. You got to be all right with the fact that I drink. You got to be you got to be you got to be okay with the fact that that I smoke. You got to be okay with the fact that I'm still not in control of my flesh. Not tolerant of it, not hiding it, not pushing it under the carpet, but okay with the fact that this is my present reality. And if I'm okay with the fact that that's your present reality, you're halfway to your deliverance already. But what I've learned is that too many of us are not okay with other folks' sin because we're still not okay with ours. And the only, way, the only reason why we're not okay with ours is because we have yet to yield it to the Father. See, those who've really been delivered, they ain't got no problem getting in the gutter with you. Now, they don't let you stay there. They don't, they, 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 don't make, they don't make excuses for you being there. But they're willing to get with you and develop a strategy to bring you out. My fear is that the church of Jesus Christ in certain regards have become so comfortable in, 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 our, in our proclivities and so guarded from the eyes of other people that none of us really get healed. None of us really get delivered because we put on a veneer that we already got it. 
But I just, I just want to know if there's a couple of people in here who don't mind bleeding out. If there's a couple of people who say, you know what, from today on, I'm going to stop holding in all these tears. From today on, I'm going to stop acting like I'm okay when I'm not. From today on, I'm going to stop acting as if what you said didn't hurt me. I want to give you permission to be human. Because God only came to save humans. And if you keep denying your humanity, you will literally be denying the salvation of Christ. It's going to make sense, I promise. We, I, got a, I got a scripture and we're going to preach through this, but I, I want to get us all on the same page. Uh, I, I, I was talking to Dr. TK and to Adrian uh, uh, earlier or in the last month, and I'm preparing a sermon series, uh, or at least just, just a group of teaching that I'm going to do, and the title of the series is going to be, I'm Not Okay. And I need you to get to the place in here. If, if everything else I'm going to say for the rest of these few moments that I'm here, in order for them to penetrate your heart, I need you to be able to, to acknowledge the fact that you got some things wrong with you. And to be able to acknowledge that amidst other people. Because some of us, the only reason why we're still in the mess that we're in right now is because we're not honest enough to be vulnerable among other people. I know some people will lie. I know some people will take what you told them and use it as a weapon against you. I know that. I know that. And you got to get over that because you've done it too. You, 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 have, you have to understand that even if it does happen, it happened to Christ. But furthermore, you got to believe that God is building something in this atmosphere. You got to believe that God is doing something different among you. You got to believe that it was not by chance or happenstance that he put all of us from various places in this same building, in this same community, in this same life together. And you got to trust the fact that even though I don't have it all, and even though you don't have it all, we serve a God that does. And if you're vulnerable before him like I'm vulnerable before him, we can be vulnerable with each other to our God and he can fix both of us. I, 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 just, I just want to make sure we're we in the same room together. Uh, is, is there anybody beside me that says, you know what, at, at, in, certain, in certain points in time in this season of my life, I struggle. Because I have a pristine vision of what God said I was going to become and where I was going to go and even how I was going to get there. But the thing that's pissing me off is the terrain of the journey. I'm not even mad that I got a journey. I'm just mad at all these potholes that obstruct my speed. I'm, I'm struggling with the fact that I, I, know, I know that it ain't going to happen tomorrow, but I'm like, can you give me some signs today? I, I, may, I may just be testifying. I may not even be preaching yet. Y'all pray for me. Is there anybody beside me that says, you know what? I, I believe everything you about God, but some of your sons and daughters... I'm down for the cause. But sometimes I'm struggling with my why. I just, I just, I just need to get all on the same page. I just need to get us to the place where we understand that this is really, this is, this is, this is us. We're a group of imperfect people. Sometimes with skewed vision. 
sometimes with impaired vision, some, sometimes with paralysis in our spirits. And so before I can charge you to move forward, and I believe God is going to do some amazing things even in the year to come. But as it, even at the beginning of the year, he declares to be a year of establishment. I believe that he is not going to let us leave out of this year until we establish the fact that we hear. Because sometimes we, we teeter between realities. We teeter between we're going to be honest and open and transparent or if we're going to be posh and polished and plastic. We're just going to be here. And I need you to be cool with the fact that sometimes I'm not okay. I need you to be okay with the fact that sometimes I don't trust you. Don't mean I don't love you. Don't mean we can't still build anything. But because of where I am, I've been guarded because of my past hurts. I'm still struggling through my own sin. And so sometimes it's hard for me to pray for you because I'm still praying for myself. And sometimes I can't pray for myself and so I don't even feel right about praying for you. But in spite of all of that, I'm here. Can we affirm that to somebody else? Hey, I'm here. Listen, listen, listen. I may, not, I may not ascribe to everything you want me to ascribe to. I may not even be the person that you've seen me to become yet. But at least honor the fact that I'm here. See, I don't take for granted that you come into this room every weekend. I don't take for granted that you come into this room on Tuesday nights and, and every other night that we gather. I don't take that for granted, family, because I know that there are probably things that you have had to wrestle with in order to get here. But can I help you? I'm about to free somebody. And here's my first point before I even go to my text. You can bring whatever you're dealing with here. Oh, I, 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 forgive me, I felt real hood. You can bring whatever you're dealing with here. Nobody's scared of your family matter. Nobody's scared of your addiction. Nobody's scared of your paralysis. Nobody's scared. Why can I talk to you? There are probably more people that are wrestling with it in here than you know. You the only one look crazy because we smell it, we know it, we feel it. Not because we judgmental, but because we common. And so ain't nobody judging you, boo. I know the walk of shame. I know what it feel like. I know, I know. There is nobody in here that has anything to lord over you. From the bishop all the way to the doorkeeper. Nobody has a candle to hold. Nobody has an axe to grind. Nobody has a bone to pick. We're all drinking from the same fountain of grace. And if we miss but one drop, we will not live to see the next moment. So find yourself at a level of equality. Uh, and I speak curses and rebuke and woe to any man or woman who would try to assert themselves over anybody else as it relates to their holiness or righteousness. Because there is none that we have save the Christ in us. And so if we just get to a place of equality, if we get to a place in here, I, I, I need to build this foundation because we're going to build some buildings and, and we're going to buy some buildings and, and, and we're going to change people's lives. And, 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 I'm, and I'm, I'm down and I'm here for all of it. But what does it, what does it profit me to save the whole world and lose your soul? See, you get to Christian community. When you begin to care about somebody else's soul, 
that's when you know you're living in Christian community when now it's no longer just about me and what I'm going through and where I'm struggling but now you begin to have a thought of your brother you begin to have a thought of your sister Oh man, I pray, I pray y'all hear my heart today. I pray, I pray y'all hear y'all, y'all, y'all hear your man. I pray y'all hear me. And you know that, listen, I love you. Can you just stop for a moment and tell somebody, I love you. No, for real, I love you. I love you. Everybody who's, who, who's, who's in earshot of me, I need you to hear this. I love you. I love you. You my member or not, I love you. <laughs> Come on, I love you, family. And now here's the deal. Because I love you, I got to take care of you. And before, here it is. Here it is. Even though we didn't go through stuff, I still love you. Even though you didn't put your mouth on me and I didn't put my mouth on you, I still love you. Even though things didn't work out the way we designed it to, I still love you. Even though I used to be in a certain space in your life and now I'm not anymore, I still love you. Even though you promised me something and you didn't give me what you promised, I still love you. Even though I'm going somewhere but I'm mad that you getting there before me, I still love you. Even though you got what I've been praying for and I'm low-key mad at God and I don't want to be honest and say it, I still love you. Can I help you about your father? He can handle your attitude. He can handle your disappointment. He can handle your frustration. I love it when my, when my children, my children, be, listen, my girls, my girls can go off. I don't know if you ever see my girls. Listen, my, listen, my Christy will say, daddy is not fair. But because I'm her father, I got enough love. My arms are, are, are large enough. I'm strong enough to manage her and anything that she's going through. The heavenly father that loves you and covers you, he's big enough. His arms are strong enough. He's able to hold you in the midst of anything you're going through. The worst thing you can do in your issue is to get out of your daddy's arms. Don't get out of his arms because if you get out of his arms, you'll either run to the arms of somebody else or you try to hold yourself. And when you hold yourself, then your voice becomes paramount in your hearing. And you don't hear anybody else's voice louder than you hear your own. I'm going to get to this text, Keena, I promise. You are not alone we are stewards and after we steward the gospel and we come into Christian community together before before we steward anything else here's what I've learned a church never has a money problem don't miss this don't miss this because here's my capital campaign I had a preacher ask me a couple of days ago, man, how you going to build all that? How you going to do all of that? I said, just watch. <laughs> Heavenly vision, by the grace of God, will never have a money problem. Amen. If we ever find ourselves at a, at a lack of resources, it's because we have a people problem. And so I apologize for whatever made you feel that this was not the place for you to sow. I apologize for whatever made you, made you feel as if you couldn't do what God commanded you to. But I need you to understand that more than any other resource, we have to become wise at stewarding one another and that's all I'm that's that's all I want to express to you today that we have to become better stewards of each other so now you have to manicure 
every response you give to one another. Now you have to watch your attitude. Now you have to be thoughtful and careful with how you treat your brother and your sister. Your son and your daughter, your husband and your wife, your, your, your friend. You have to be careful how you steward them. And I lament and repent before you for not always being the best steward of you all. One of the reasons why we're going into all in is to make sure that I have people that I'm locking arms with to help me steward this congregation properly. Real talk. It's a lot of you in here. And even if you may feel and think that your church is small, trust me, there are churches much smaller. Whether you believe it or not, when we actually count our numbers, we're larger than the average size church in America. And sometimes, in my humanity, I can't do it all. And I lament because there are times when I've missed an opportunity to bless you. But God has given me comfort and solace in the reality that he never intended for me to do it all by myself. This is why some of my, this is why some of my counterparts, this is why, why, why some of my beloved brothers have committed suicide. Because they were made to believe that it was all on their shoulders. But I stand before you as a pastor determined not to commit suicide. I stand before you as a leader determined not to die of a stroke or a heart attack or any time before. I'm really, I'm really glad y'all gave me that uh, applause. Because it's going to connect to what I'm going to say next. You know why I'm not going to commit suicide? You know why I'm not going to die of, 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 of heart issues or nerve issues or my nervous system shutting down? Because we're going to begin to steward one another. And not just the people that have our same last name. And not just the people that we're cool with. And not just the people that we came with. Can I wrestle with you for a minute? Let's tussle a bit in the word. You've been called to steward the people that are on your mind the most. Even if you're thinking about them because you got an issue with them. The very fact that God allowed your human brain with all of the issues that you got in your real life. The very fact that he's allowed this person to stay paramount in your mind, even for negative reasons, is the reality that he's called you to be a steward even of them. Not an owner, not a master, not a ruler, but a steward. And so when Paul gets to the church in Asia Minor and he understands that now they are a conglomerate of people that have come from different traditions and different faith backgrounds and they've learned the gospel in different ways and they're used to different types of preaching and they're used to different types of living and types of being and they're used to different types of cooking and they're used to different types of music and they all have their own paradigms and their own mindsets and he says now I've called all of y'all to come together to be a church. How is it that Heavenly Vision is able to have such amazing worship experiences, but they seem so segregated at times? Oh, I'll tell you, because we're a bunch of pilgrims. When, if I ask you to raise your hand if you've been here more than 10 years, raise your hand if you've been here more than 10 years. 
Right? Watch this. Here you go. Raise your hand if you came to faith in Jesus Christ in this room. Yeah, keep looking. You got to find them. So that means we all started our faith journey in other places, under other leadership. And whether good, bad, or indifferent, they shaped us into who we are today. And so whether you like it or not, you brought that here. And that's okay. Because that's part of your journey. And you don't have to be mad about it. You don't have to be, you don't have to be up in arms about it. You have to understand that that led you to this. And I praise God for anything that leads me to freedom. I praise God for anything that leads me to the place to where I really have to struggle with who I said I am so that I can become who he said I am. And so in the closing of his first letter to the conglomerate church, to the gathered church, he says this in verse 7. And this is how we'll end this sermon. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled. Be sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Don't miss this. We don't have as much time as we think we have. I genuinely want to see all of my children grow to adulthood. But sometimes I don't know if I will. Jesus is really coming back. I don't know if you didn't get the memo. Or somebody didn't preach that to you. But Jesus is real. And he's, and he's coming back any day now. And so in the interim of his return. He says here's what I need you to do. I need you to be self-controlled. Here it is. I am going to de-debutize and unauthorize every person police in this room. You don't need people telling you what you ought to be doing. And the fact that somebody has to tell you what you ought to be doing should bother you. I'm not talking to our babies, but those of you who start making claims in the spirit, you starting to take control of your spiritual life, here's the deal. You got to be in control of your spiritual life. And so while we're going to steward one another, we're not going to police one another. You have to be bold enough to tell yourself no. My God. Yes, yes, yes. If you are going to be the man, the woman that God called you to be, you got to grow up to the place to where you tell yourself no. If, if I miss the mark to where you got to tell me no, I'm going to be like Paul and I'm going to be beating up my flesh. I'm going to be denying myself. I, that means I need to fast for a couple of days at least. Because if I have to be told what to do it means that I'm not listening to the spirit to tell me what to do but I want to speak this word over every one of you in this room every one of you who are who are rising to a place of maturity you are getting ready to operate in self-control my God somebody ought to grab that in the spirit I'm I'm thanking God that in this new day in this new season of my life while I wrestle with the issue that I face and even if I got to be told about myself every now and then it's going to become more rare because before you catch it I'm going to catch it I'm going to look myself in the mirror and I'm going to acknowledge that there are things that I need to change and I'm going to self-correct. Be of self-control. Be sober-minded. Here it is. Here it is. Gather your thoughts. (sighs) 
70% of the thoughts that you have about yourself and other people are false. Because they're based on your emotions. They're based on how you feel at the present. This is why what you think of a person depends on the context of your relationship at present. This is why when God brings two people together in marriage, he makes them get into a covenant. Because he knows that at some point in time, you're going to not want to be everything that you vowed to be at that altar. Come on, talk to me in the church of Jesus Christ. But because you cannot just go to your own thought, what the scripture says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? And lean not to your own understanding, your thoughts, because your understanding will change depending on how people treat you. Sober-minded. To be, to be sober-minded means that I'm thinking on the things of God. And I'm allowing my mind to be led by the mind of Christ. Sober-minded simply means that when I have my own thoughts, I study my mind and say, God, but what do you think? I know how I feel about them. I know what I want to do to them. I know where I want to go with it. But what do you say? That is us being of sober mind and allowing the Lord to lead us. Because we got to steward one another. We got to steward our relationships. Am I making sense in this room? Have I lost you yet? Okay, I hope not. Praise the Lord. Lord God, keep us all together in Jesus' name. And you do this for the sake of your prayers. God is more concerned by how you act and what you think than what you say. Because what you how you act and what you think informs your communication with God. So you can act and think a certain type of way all day and then pray. And the only thing God's going to hear when you pray is what you acted and what you thought. So Peter says, listen, I know y'all doing a lot of praying. And some of y'all are trying to figure out why your prayers haven't been answered. Because when you pray, God hears what you did and what you thought. But we're going to get there, right? He says, do that for the sake of your prayers. Let's go further. And then above all, verse 8, keeping love, keep loving one another earnestly. Loving one another earnestly simply means this. It's not real deep. It means love me anyway. Really, I, I didn't have, we'd have to go to the Greek and nothing. Here it is. Somebody shout this. Love me, anyway. love me anyway. Now that may be the hardest thing to do in this room. But I pray God grants us all the grace to love one another anyway. I know that at times I can be very unlovable. But if you committed to being a steward, if you committed to being a part of the house of God, you have a commitment, you have a responsibility to love me anyway. Love them anyway. And if it ever gets hard, just remember somebody loved you anyway. If you ever start struggling because they, they roll in their neck and they talking with their hands and, and they not responding to your communication and, 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 and they're shutting you down and they're lying and all this kind of stuff, just in case that happens, remember when you were less than what you are today and how somebody loved you anyway. Tell somebody I love you anyway. Now, don't be nasty about it. <laughs> I love you anyway. Since love covers a multitude of sins, we're almost out of here. Listen to this. Peter generally says love covers sin, but the intrinsic notation of his thought is this. Is that when I love you in spite of your sin, 
That love comes from God. And the fact that I give you love in spite of your sin purifies me in my space. So when I love you in spite of your sin, see, we always think that it's covering the, the person who sinned. The fact that the love has been conjured up in me through the power of the Holy Spirit, sins that I have yet to confess are covered because I've loved in the face of sin. And when I love you, the love that I have for you covers my sin. And by the time the love gets to you, it covers your sin too. Here's the multitude. Mine and yours equals a multitude. And so when I decide to love you in the midst of your mess, God covers my mess that I ain't even ready to deal with yet. Oh, can, I'm about to help somebody get delivered. Because some of us, we don't even have to deal with certain things if we just learn how to love folk while they're dealing with theirs. Uh-oh. I just gave you a biblical shortcut. If I did, and not a fake facade love but I mean a genuine deep love like I'm here with you I love you I'm going through it with you when I do that I cover my sins through Jesus and I cover yours too and that cover doesn't mean to hide listen that cover means blot out that means that the love of Christ as we operate in love toward one another it literally eradicates the sin between us. Did you hear that, people of God? We can find deliverance from sin through loving one another through Christ. Amen. We can find deliverance from sin by loving each other through Jesus Christ. She said, say it again. Here it is. Show hospitality to others without grumbling. Be very careful how you speak about those who are not of you. Hospitality, literally, hospitality means, it literally means to show love to a stranger. That, that's the whole Greek understanding of, of the concept of hospitality. And too many of us, we're missing our next phase our next season in God because we have not learned how to steward the people that are not of us that don't look like us that don't talk like us that are not cool with us find yourself at a place to where you learn how to love others find yourself at a place to where you begin here it is here's why it's called hospitality it's called hospitality because you have to get beyond your thoughts about how they do it, even though it's not how you do it. It's, it's going. Many of us have an issue with loving other people because they don't love the way we love. They don't do things the way we do it. And so I keep getting caught up and I keep having issue with the fact that they're doing it wrong. But here's the question quickly. Who said you were right? Too many of us, we mistake right for normal. And what's normal to you is not necessarily right. And what's right is not necessarily normal. Oh my goodness. I I wish I could take y'all all to, 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 the, to, the, to the green right now and, and, I, and I'll show you how. I, I have a very normal swing. But every time I swing in my normal swing, I slice hard left. But if I take this irregular swing that this, that this professional is teaching me, I'll be straight down the fairway. I can almost get 200 yards now. The reality is, is that when we begin to love those who are not of us, or who does not look like us, or who did not come from where we come from, we begin to have an expanded purview of the house of God 
And then we begin to see more an accurate picture of really who God is. Can I challenge you quickly before I leave you? You will never be able to love God fully if you only love the people you know. You will never be able to have a holistic love for your father if you only love the people that you know. as each has received a gift use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace here it is Deacon Mike has said it for years and years and years and I believe it to be true everything we need is in the house you have to ask yourself God what have you called me to do and how can I use that to serve my brother and my sister God did not bless you so that you could just make money he blessed you so that you could be a blessing and if you're not if you're only using your blessing to be blessed you are grossly misappropriating the very thing that God called you to do and that's the quickest way not to be taken to the next level because God will cap you out at your space right there but we're gonna use our gift to help somebody else right so whatever we receive from God, we're going to ask ourselves on a continuous basis, God, how can I use what I know, what I have to help somebody else? Are you going to ask yourself that? Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God. Be very careful, people of God, that you don't take your holy mouth and speak out of turn for God. Watch it. Watch it. Because here it is. If, we, if Peter be true, the opposite of that text is that God will stop validating your words. The opposite of that text is that if, if, if you don't, if you keep saying whatever comes to your mind and stamping Jesus on it. God says, I'll take my word out of your mouth. So if he's called you to speak, you have to speak with the oracles of God. In other words, I'm only going to tell you what God says. And this is why, here it is. If you've built a rapport with somebody and you trust the word of God that comes out of their mouth, even if it's a hard word, you still got to be faithful to it. Because God is not going to switch horses in the middle of the race. If they've been speaking blessings to you, and if today is a cursed day, If today is a woe day, if today, is a, if today is, 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 is a day that you need to be corrected, take it. Take it. Because we only speak as the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Can I tell you this quickly as I get out of your way? God is never going to call you to do something that will exacerbate you to do it. God will never call you to do something that he doesn't give you the resource to do. If you gotta, if, if you gotta go out of yourself to do what you promised somebody else you would do, you're doing that of your own accord and God's not gonna bless it. So, be free from trying to be everything to everybody. Be free from trying to always be the one to say, yes, I can. Because here's what you've done. You've handicapped yourself because now you're drawn out of resource. You've handicapped the person that you helped because now they don't have the lesson that they needed to have because they, they every blessing comes with a lesson. But if you give somebody a counterfeit blessing, the way you know it's a counterfeit because there's no lesson attached to it. And so if somebody gives you something and you didn't learn nothing from it, you got to ask yourself, was that a real blessing? 
I'm almost okay, okay, okay. But here's the third thing: you mess up the person that was supposed to actually bless them. Because when they see when they see you counterfeit blessed, and they like, oh well, God made a way. Amen. Let me just keep being what I've been, which allows you to stay lazy. So you got to serve as God has given you. Listen, he didn't bump you up so you could just say I'm bumped up. He didn't give you that time so you could just say I got time. If ever he increases you, here's what the scripture says. He multiplies seed for the sower. So anytime God gives you more seed, you got to face the reality that there is greater soil for you to sow it in. If he gives you more knowledge, it's not for you to say, I'm, I'm, I know more. It's because you have more pupils to teach. I just want to preach a normal sermon. But I promise you, we're going <laughs> to be a strong people. We're going to be a free people. We go, watch this. We're going to be a people that's not afraid to come bloody because we know we got surges in the room. You see, here's the thing. When you, listen. You ain't afraid to fall in a hospital. You're not afraid to get sick if, if, if you got a doctor in the room. It's a... In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. This is how you know if what you're doing is right. Ultimately, you have to ask yourself, is God glorified in this? Here it is. In this new season, God is more concerned with you glorifying him than getting your point across. Because some of us, we will forfeit God's glory to make a point. But that's not being good stewards, family. That's us being petty. But when I'm a good steward... I make sure that God gets the glory. And so I, got, I, I, have to, I have to not be afraid of me blessing you. And then when you get back on your feet, you not acknowledging that it was me that helped you. Because while everybody want acknowledgement, we got to be honest and say, we didn't read too many scriptures where Paul says, I thank God for Ananias. Who prayed for me and helped me get my sight. God has to get the glory. I want to pray with you. And I want to challenge you this week. The people in your purview, the people in your family, the people that you're connected to, and even, watch this, some of the people that you don't even know very well, you have the responsibility this week to start stewarding them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just felt it in your spirit. <laughs> we go, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Y'all, listen, y'all, y'all trying to figure out why all the babies crying? The babies feeling your spirit. <laughs> Don't be mad at them. <laughs> they, they, they live with the angels. But it's okay. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. We're going we gonna to make it through this because we're going to steward one another. We're going to steward one another. Here's the thing. If I'm the first one praying for you, everybody in your section didn't fail. There's distance between me and you. And it's not a bad distance. But I'm here, watch this, because I, I, I have to be looking years from now. And I have to literally be the guard and the overseer of souls. But you right there next to him. And so how do I get my life to the place to where the person sitting next to me trusts me enough to pray for them? 
how do I walk so that the person behind me trusts me with their bleeding? It's going to take some time and it's going to take some work, but we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. I believe I've given my apology already, but I, I, I just want to make it clear that I apologize for every space and where I have, I have been inadequate at, at stewarding the people of this house. Forgive me, please forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I'm going to do better. And I believe you're going to do better too. Father, we stand as a vulnerable people. We stand as an open people. We are here before you, God. We have issues. We have flaws and all. We have stuff that we're going through. And you know it. But you love us anyway. You deal with us anyway. You wrestle with us anyway. And we thank you for that. Now, Father, we pray that you would import into us that same patience. That same love, that same care, that same concern, that same service, that same word that you minister to us, Father God. I pray that you put it in our hearts that we will minister to somebody else. Make us aware of the reality that we are stewards. We are stewards of your gospel and we are stewards of each other. So teach me how to steward my brother. Teach me how to steward my sister. Teach me how to steward my son. Teach me how to steward my daughter. Father God, teach me how to make my home a vessel. Teach me how to make my resources, my knowledge, my insight. Teach me how to make that available. Father God, take this stinginess away from me. Take this selfishness away from me. And allow me to consider my brother, my sister. Allow me to consider the little ones before I consider myself. Grow me up, Holy Spirit. Mature me, Holy Spirit. Stretch me, Holy Spirit. Give me ears to hear, Holy Spirit. Give me eyes to see, Holy Spirit. Give me a heart to perceive, Holy Spirit. And so that I will live beyond my hurt. I will live beyond my shame. I will live beyond my sin, my frailty, my mistakes, my failures. I will live beyond it all and I will love like you loved. And we will become good stewards of one another. And it is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your patience. Did you hear something from God today?